Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Monday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffee House here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo, be a little weird, uh, Robbie, if Brupolo was in Polkville. Yes, it would. It'd be a nice place for Polk sausage. I think Polk sausage must be close to Polkville because it's in Smith County, and and they're they're down in that area of Mississippi. I think. I think. I could be wrong. I don't Smith, Smith County has Smith County has some good. Uh, is it the watermelons? They have the watermelons, absolutely. We will, not, we will not tell you what Dave Portnoy said about those watermelons here on this family program, but he liked them. He did like I'm, them. I'm actually right next to Smith County right now. I'm in Scott County. Oh, there you go. So I could go check out some uh, Smith County watermelons if it was the season. I don't, I don't think it's the season right now. No, this is not watermelon season. This is the Christmas season. We are recording on Christmas Day. Merry Christmas to you, Robbie, and to yours. I saw uh, that Santa Claus was very good to young Natty. And of course, yes. mom and dad were good to her too with that that jungle gym. I'm going to come over and I'm not sure what I'm more excited about: climbing on the jungle gym or the the heated toilet seat. I can't wait to come to your house and have to use the facilities. You'll be going to the uh, guest bathroom. No, no, I'm getting that heated bad boy. I'm going. I'm going straight for the height of luxury. I made sure that Santa Claus knew that we are going to handle the jungle gym. My daughter is going to know. We're yes. separating. We are not giving you any credit on this. Right. I, I spent a lot of time and effort yeah. and a lot of cuss words. Santa brought his other stuff, of, but the jungle gym was from mom and dad. I spent all of my cuss words in like an hour time. <laughs> it was, and I just prayed to God that that thing was going to get out of the front door and we uh. bent it enough that it got out. Hopefully the bars are not bent long term, but. Well, the good news is Natty's still really small, so it's not a it's not a big deal. She'll she she ain't gonna she ain't gonna put a lot of stress on them, I would think. So that's right. So we say all that to say Strange Brew Coffee House is awesome, and you should check them out every chance you get. Uh, College Corner and CollegeCornerStore.com. You guys did a great job supporting College Corner over the last month. Uh, I, I talked to, to Scott down there, and uh, the orders have been rolling in. Even though Christmas is over, there's still a bowl game to be had. If you don't have new gear for that, now's the time. Two locations in the Jackson area to serve you. They're original by Fleet Feet. They're in Floyd by the Half Shell. If you're flying out of Jackson, you can check out College Corner before you hit the airport. And then, of course, you can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. They have the ReliQuest Bowl t-shirts, some really cool designs. I'm not, you know, Normally, those bowl t-shirts I'm not too big a fan of. But with all of the Leech tributes that are coming out there, those t-shirts are pretty cool. So check those out. I'll tweet out a link later today uh, from College Corner. 
Restaurant Tyler, Starkville's flagship restaurant. Robbie and I will be there. I guess we need to do that this week, I guess. before you. When do you head out? Uh, New Year's Eve. All right, so, so Thursday the 29th, is that right? Yep. All right, dinner on me. I'll pick up the tab as I pay off my bet. Not a bet. Oh, yes, my, you my, will. My, my, my con- the contest uh, defeat. And, of course... The best part about that gig is that I still get to eat at Restaurant Tyler and just have to pay for it. So no one really loses here. No one loses, especially when you're at Restaurant Tyler, Starkville's best restaurant, best for lunch, best for dinner, best all around. When you want great food, you head to Restaurant Tyler. Firehouse Subs, great place to go grab lunch each and every day. Pick up the free Firehouse Subs app, download that, order your sandwich. It's ready within minutes. And then, of course, you get a free sandwich when you pick up those reward points. That's all you got to do is pile them up because they come quick with the Firehouse Subs app. Location, Starkville at Oxford, Columbus, Tupelo, Fluid, Madison. That is Firehouse Subs. I want to give a quick shout-out to the city of St. Louis, Robbie. Uh, you know, I'm not a Cardinals fan, nor will I ever be one, but I would definitely go back to St. Louis. That was one of the I, – I did not have a whole lot of expectations for that vacation. I don't know that I've ever eaten better on a vacation. Like I put the food in St. Louis right there with the food I've had in Las Vegas and in New Orleans. Just really yeah, it's a it's a it's a good variety too. It's yeah. not just like one specific yeah. you know, they have the they have the barbecue up there, the kind yeah. of Kansas City Which is good. style. Good. But they have good Italian food. They oh, got they good, do. the good pizza. Yes. Um uh, hamburgers. They got they got St. Louis they got is so a, many St. Louis is a really options. good city. Yeah, and is, that, all, is that your first time to go to St. Louis? Yes, and and all these little different neighborhoods and stuff that like I could tell like just just for like a guy trip full of like cool little bars and stuff. It was just fantastic. I, I will definitely be heading back there one day soon. I, I really enjoyed myself. The Italian food, I couldn't get over it. How good it was! I mean, good, yeah. so good. So. And it's not it's not just a terrible ride. Like it's. It's, it's an easy enough, trip. Like it's, close it's a enough, drivable like you can city. Make the trip in one day. Yes. Like you can get around there without a whole lot of issues. I was I was really surprised. You know, having been to Atlanta and Memphis, and the traffic there can be so bad. So, time getting around St. Louis was not not bad at all. So, my kids had a great and time. You need, you need Dad to had a go. You need you need to go to Bush Stadium too. The, we went, a game we obviously Bush Stadium not really open. Cool. We went by it and took some pictures and 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 saw it. So, of course, my wife's a huge Cubs fan, so she gave it the finger. Well, you need to go to a Cubs Cardinals game. Well, I say I don't like the Cubs either. I want to go to a Giants Cardinals game. Well, you can, but I was just thinking, do something nice for your wife. I just did. But, hey, so. you did something nice for yourself too. Yeah. Well, let's be honest. Here. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. So, all right. While I was out, a lot went on, and in terms of one week's worth of action, there was a lot of it. Um, Robbie did a fantastic job covering up signing day on Sports Talk Mississippi and then on Thunder and Lightning Live. Thank you again for doing that. You you were so nervous. And I was just like, I wouldn't have asked you to do it if I thought you couldn't do it. I've never I had to, done I had to four pump hours you up. of radio. And that, that, you cracked me up with that, by the way. You're like, man, that's so hard. I don't know how you do it. And I'm just like, I just sit on my fat ass and talk about <laughs> sports for four hours. Not, I'm not digging ditches out here. <sighs> no, but uh, I had a I had a bad cold. Yeah, that it hurts, morning. doesn't it? You gotta you gotta get through well, that. Yeah. 
when I woke up that morning, like I could barely hold my eyes open. Like my, the pressure was like so much in my head. Uh, I was stopped up, you know, I woke up at like six, of course, to do the signing day stuff because I had to hand and I overslept. Mm-hmm. Like I woke up and then I, and then I went back to sleep and I woke up again at seven thirty, and half the freaking class had been signed. Yeah. Because I that's thought, never I, happened. I, I told my wife that's that never happened. Normally on signing day, when I work, I get up at like six. Cause I just, you know, those East coast kids who get stuff in early. And I told her about nine when I, when I, I said to her, I was like, I'm so glad I took today off because I would be busting my butt trying to keep up with this. Like, I don't know uh-huh. that I could type up the updates fast enough. And I'm just me. You know, you have at least with, with 24-7, you have a team there to try to get through stuff. Y'all did a great job. I thought the coverage was fantastic on 24-7 uh, from all you guys. But that was a good class for Mississippi State. And the overarching theme of this pod, or at least the first part of it, is Everything that happened last week, in my opinion, there were a lot of green flags for Zach Arnett. There was a lot of, if this is how it's going to be in the Zach Arnett era of Mississippi State football, there's reasons to be excited. And it starts with that recruiting class to not only hold it together and keep everybody but one guy. Although I will say, and you know, I hate losing Joe Crocker. I, I had year four years worth of content. Four years I I don't know what I'm gonna do now. I'm I'm so sad that he's gone. I still but I picked up Creed Whitmore so I can make you know Creed jokes. So at least I have that. But he held the class together and then he pulls in three really good prospects. I thought picking up Leon Bell, the junior college offensive tackle, at the I mean, you're talking about at the last minute. This happened basically on Tuesday that everything was sort of put together there. He had the defensive lineman out of uh, Heinz Community College, Eric Taylor. Clear Heinz, clear, clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose with that guy. And then, of course, the <laughs> you guy... You didn't even think about that. Yeah, I, I, nobody made that joke the whole day. I was really surprised. And then, what a class. Yeah, and then, obviously, the guy we had been talking about for months, Isaac Smith, you were correct again with that when he turned to talk about follow the visits. When a guy visits you 11, 12 times, you're probably going to get him. It's this Leo was, Lewis all over again without exactly. the drama. Yes. So all in all for Mississippi State, this is an outstanding signing class. It's ranked in the top 25. Uh, we'll see how it ends up you know, with the transfer portal and everything else. But to, to sign that kind of class, but not only that, to maintain everybody, I thought that was a huge, huge plus for Zach Arnett. Oh, no doubt. I thought he did an outstanding job. I've I've been more impressed with Zach Arnett over the last week than I was in the last three years. And that's yeah. saying something because I was really impressed with Zach Arnett. I've always thought that since that first year that he had what it took to be potentially a, a head coach. But after talking to him on Thunder and Lightning Live, and if you haven't heard that interview, I encourage you to do so. Already got you. And that's coming from – that's coming from somebody that he he kind of needled a little bit. I mean, he kinda, you. you know, it, he he didn't he didn't go hard in the pain against me, but you know, he, <laughs> he 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 broke my ankles a little bit. Yeah, but um, no, just hearing him talk about I, the first thing I asked him was, or the I guess the second question I asked him, you know, what did he learn from Mike Leach? And just hearing his answer about you know getting the the document from Mike Leach that's that basically told him. 
we, we have some complex things within our system, but we need to explain it in a way that everybody on the entire team can understand. He learned so much from Mike Leach, and I kind of get a little bit of a, a hint of, you know, Leach, Leach, Leach was probably preparing him to be the guy mm-hmm. eventually. And maybe it wasn't at Mississippi State. Maybe it was somewhere else. But he's done that for coaches before. And I feel like Mike Leach saw something in Zach Arnett that told him this guy is going to be the head coach one day. Mm-hmm. Everything that I hear behind the scenes from people that are that are talking about what he's trying to assemble um, as far as a coaching staff, the things that he's said to people about recruiting, about NIL – tells me that he's a guy that is well-prepared for this position and well-prepared for this position in this day of college football. And, um, you know, from what I've been told, the NIL stuff that, you know, the the embrace that Mississippi State football has had with NIL, mm-hmm. even before Zach Arnett took over, was kind of started by Zach Arnett. Mm-hmm. He was the guy that was reaching out. He was the guy that was that was making sure that everything was kind of Good to go for Mississippi State. He's done some other things, you know, working hand-in-hand hand with with the Bulldog Initiative since Mississippi State's been able to do that a little more. Mm-hmm. So my concerns or whatever with Zach Arnett have been um, really, really helped over the last week or so. And I think he showed the ability to, to maintain their recruiting presence and the things that he's talked about as far as recruiting Mississippi is really good to hear. So I think Mississippi State's in good shape from a recruiting standpoint. Now, we'll see what happens with, with everything else. But the recruiting standpoint, the, the attention to detail, the organization, I think you're going to have no issues with Zach Arnett being head coach. I, I think I, I've said this before, and I, I agree with – Mullen was not a great recruiter, but he focused on the state of Mississippi. Now, his problem was he he didn't recruit some guys hard enough. He didn't do a good enough job there. But the focus was always in the right place. If you get a guy who is a good recruiter, who instead of getting, you know, the the, the, the 15th, the 18th best players in Mississippi, is consistently getting top 10 players in the state of Mississippi, then you're really going to have something. And I think right now, and I've said this last year and I'll say it again, we are witnessing a huge experiment in college football happening in the state of Mississippi. On the one hand, you have Mississippi State, who looks like they are going to be committed to doing things the old school way. They're going to sign 25 to 30 high school kids. They're going to use the portal to for five or six, maybe seven guys to try to fill some holes where they're needed. But by and large, they're going to continue to do things the way they've always been done in college football. And then you have Ole Miss who, as you saw on Wednesday, only signed 11 guys. Now, they signed seven four-star guys, and more power to them for that. But only 11 high school kids. They're counting on 15-plus transfers to come in, and they're already having some success there, uh, as it is, as you would expect. We are going to see a one program is going to be proven right at the end of this. Either Mississippi State's going to be like, look, you can't get away from high school recruiting. You've got to recruit these kids. And then you use the portal to find players when you need them. Or it's going to be Ole Miss saying the days of high school recruiting are dead and buried. Go out and get elite guys if you can. But for the most part, you need to work the portal. Somebody's going to be right, and somebody's going to be way behind at the end of maybe the next two years. 
I feel like Mississippi State's plan is the best for Mississippi State. I don't know if Ole Miss, I mean, they had a great transfer class last year, sure. Can you do that every season? Now that everybody's going to be in the portal, I, I, I don't know the answer to that. So I'm interested to see where it goes. But I thought, I think recruiting Mississippi is really going to be paramount for Mississippi State. Next year is a good year uh, in the state of Mississippi. You have some really big players in this state uh, for next season. And to, to look ahead, you know, if you can get some of those guys, you know, primarily everybody's going to be looking at the Franklin kid, Camarian Franklin from uh, Lake Cormorant, the number 21 player in this in the country, a five-star defensive lineman. A lot of talk that he wants to go out of state, but it feels like Mississippi State has some momentum. Mississippi State is a defensive head coach. Mississippi State has so many successful defensive linemen in the league. He's going to listen to that pitch. So, Zach Arnett, to me, I feel like he's got some momentum on the recruiting trail. We'll see if he can get some guys in early for 2024 to build upon that. And then, like you said, when he, the way he presented himself in that interview with you, I thought that the comment that, that sort of you know he needled you about where you said you beat, all, beat out some big programs to get Isaac Smith. He said, well, we feel like we're a big program. That's what Mississippi State needs right now. We've talked about this many times, and and your message board is the battleground for it in some ways, the the poor old Mississippi State attitude. I feel like Zach Arnett's having none of that, that he knows that the days of Mississippi State being just happy to, you know, go six and six, six, seven and five and and those things, those those seasons are still going to occur, but those are going to be the down years now. Those are not going to be the up years under Zach Arnett. At least that's going to be his mentality. Well, and Dan Mullen, remember when he got here, he – he had mentioned, you know, secretaries and people were talking about how, you know, Mississippi State couldn't do this and that, and that always irritated him mm-hmm. that Mississippi State said that, which it was always kind of strange to me. You know, like later on in his tenure at Mississippi State, he started saying like, well, you know, we've never won these games. It was tough, like when things got tough. Yeah. But he, he, he was in the right mindset that we can't accept mediocrity here. And that's kind of what you and I have done over the last uh, few months is talk about, you know, the, why accept mediocrity? Why just be okay with these certain things when you feel like there's so much more that Mississippi State can do? And we've seen that in the last few years. There's, there's a lot more that Mississippi State can do. I'm, I'm kind of moving past, you know, Mississippi State just being happy with, uh, you know, winning the Egg Bowl or winning six games. Mississippi State's a team that can routinely win eight or nine games, and you – push on from that uh this is no longer a mississippi state program that is you know should be happy with five or six wins this is a program that has enough money has enough resources you have a nice area to recruit you should be able to compete in the top half of the sec west we're not uh, expecting mississippi state to go out there and beat alabama and beat lsu routinely but you're competing with lsu pretty regularly so that should be a game that you win every now and then and then everybody else in the in the league is uh is up for grabs at least in the sec west so zach garnett has that same mentality there's a lot that can be accomplished here it just takes the right person the right mentality and the right players to do it if you get those players in and you get everybody on board and pushing in the right direction you can do it um and i think for mississippi state fans it's going to take a commitment to nil as we've seen and i feel like that's been a positive for Mississippi State in the last uh, few weeks. I don't think you get Isaac Smith with that NIL, and that's uh, that's something that you know a lot of people didn't think Mississippi State could do is compete with LSU and teams like that for a player. Well, they did. 
So that's how important NIL is for Mississippi State, and that's how important it is for fans to understand. So there, there's a lot that can be accomplished here at Mississippi State. Zach Arnett is one of those guys that feels like um, he wants to get the best out of it. And we'll see what he comes up with as far as the staff and all that's concerned. From what I've been told, he wants his own staff. So yeah, I was just about to jump I think into there's that. Going, you had talked there's about going to be some week. changes, I believe. Yeah. Well, let's talk about some of that then, you know, because obviously that's, those are going to probably mainly be on the offensive side of the ball. So it could be some defensive changes as well. We'll see. But, you know, Steve Spurrier Jr., as we all thought, is going to be the offensive coordinator, play caller uh, for the for the upcoming bowl game. But beyond that, everything is kind of wide open. I feel like there are two guys, if you said, you know, you're going to make some changes, right? I think you want to keep Jason Washington on staff. I feel like he's your best recruiter. Your best yeah, overall recruiter is Jason Washington. Uh, and, and if I, you I, don't keep him, then you need somebody that's comparable I, to him as a recruiter. Exactly. But, you know, I, and honestly, for a guy who was just in his first year of coaching running backs, State's running backs were good last year. They were, I, don't, they were good. I, I don't know how you could have any complaints about him as he's running no. backs last year. And no. maybe that's just those guys just going through the motions and being in year three and just getting better. Right. But I have a hard time believing he didn't have some kind of input on that. Great. And then the other guy I would I would make a, a real effort to keep is Mason Miller. I feel like he's done a good job all three years that he's been here. I thought that Charles Cross, you know, that's a guy who who just had the natural talent. But a lot of guys have natural talent and it never develops. Uh, so he developed him into a top 10 pick. Um he never played. I mean, say what you want about Cross. The guy didn't play for anybody but Mason Miller. This year, I thought the offensive line was very solid. I thought when State had protection issues, they were more about coverage sacks and things like that. I, I, I didn't feel like Rodgers was ever, you know, just getting pounded each and every game. Maybe the LSU game, but even that game, I thought some of it was on Will. But regardless, I think Mason Miller is a guy who's kept, who's earned his position and kept his job. And then with the other, you know, two guys with with Spurrier and, and with Hollingshead. I'm kind of give or take, right? I'm kind of whatever. Um, I feel like whoever he brings in as an offensive coordinator, who will probably also be a QB coach, if I had to guess, is going to run a scheme that might require a tight end. So you might see go down to one receiver coach and then a, a tight ends coach. Um, and so I don't know who you bring in there. Obviously, whenever there's there's talk of shifting things around on the offensive staff, Chad Bumpus's name gets brought up. When you talk about adding a defensive coach, if you want to do that, Jamar Chaney's name is going to get thrown out there. Both of those guys, I think, would come back to Starkville if offered jobs. But how do you see this? Maybe maybe not in terms of names because it's just too early for that. But how do you see this this staff looking in terms of position coaches on the offensive side of the ball? Yeah, that, that's it's all going to depend on the offensive coordinator, which I think he will go out and get an offensive coordinator, a guy that has full reign over the offensive side of the ball. Um, and it's just it's such a tough situation because all of these guys are good coaches and good people, and they've done nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, St- Steve Spurrier and Drew Hollingshead are in M- Mason Miller too, are all Mike Leach guys, and did nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. They've they haven't been bad at their job. Right, they haven't done anything to to deserve you know being terminated. But this is a business. And I don't know what happens with that group. Maybe they all stay. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what's going to happen on the offensive side of the ball. I just hate it because all all of those guys have loved Startville, embraced Startville. That's one thing about this staff that you've seen is they've just embraced Startville 
as much as any staff as I've ever seen. You, you always see them at basketball games, baseball games. They've been 100% all in on Mississippi State, all in on, on Starville. And that's just been one of the coolest things that I've noticed about the staff. I, it, would, it would suck to see some of those go. But like I said, this is a business. Zach Arnett's bud is on the line. He's the one that's going to have to answer for all of this. So he's going to get the best guys to help him win uh, football games. And, um, and also you have to consider, you know, it, you know, he might not be the, the one that, that is making all those decisions as far as, you know, who's where on the staff. He might give, you know, a lot of that decision-making to the offensive coordinator. Who do you want at wide receiver? Uh, who do you want coaching the tight ends? But we know without a shadow of a doubt, as long as, you know, they don't just promote from within or something, it's going to be a different type of offense in some form or fashion. There's going to be, you know, a tight end likely. There's going to be more emphasis on the run. There might be some read in there or something like that. We're not going to see the Mike Leach air raid offense in its state. Uh, we're going to see some kind of uh, different-looking offense more than likely because nobody runs the offense like Mike Leach runs it. That was his offense. Um, but I do know and I can report that Zach Arnett is expected to hire Brad Peterson as his chief of staff. I'd heard that, yes. Which would be – in my opinion, a very good move. You go back um, to talk about wanting to recruit Mississippi. Brad Peterson yes. is a huge help in that. You get a guy that understands Mississippi, football guy, very very organized. Oh he was God. really good with Mississippi State. Um, and it, uh, he's a football guy to the core because he couldn't stay away. Yeah. <laughs> he was supposed to be retired, stays away for like a year and a half or whatever. He, he can't stay out of it. I mean, it's in his blood. The Petersons and, and Louisville are, are football people. Yeah, and um, he cannot uh, stay away from it. So I expect that to be official at some point, which is going to change some things internally behind the scenes. So there's a lot, there's a lot of moving pieces after the bowl game. But the the one thing that Zach Arnett wanted to emphasize last week was he wants everybody focused in on the bowl game, and he'll worry about everything else after that. This right. team, this this coaching staff, they want to win this game badly. Yes. As badly as any coaching staff has wanted to win a bowl game at Mississippi State in a while. Um, and the team, I think, is on board as well, and that's why you're seeing a lot of these guys come back and, and want to play that last game. This is a very important game for this these guys. Speaking of coming back, a couple of names that entered the transfer portal. The rumors are flying that they will return. If it, They fly pretty hard around Xavion Thomas. It appears that's all but done. Is that correct, that he should be back on the roster uh, sooner rather than later. Yeah, I've been checking the portal to see if he's removed his name. I don't think anything official yet on that, but that seems to be in the works or basically done. Mm -hmm. That he's that he looks to be coming back to Mississippi State. A lot of things can change, but I haven't heard anything uh, as far as you know a change of heart or anything like that in the last twenty four hours. It looks like he's going to be back with Mississippi State. That's a that's a big get for Mississippi State because that's the guy. Yeah. Honestly, Robbie, I, I feel like he'll start next season. I feel like he'll start on the outside along with probably. I, I, obviously, I'm playing around here, but I think Justin Robinson's probably the other outside guy, and then your slot guys are Harvey Wally and uh, and Tulu, and you got you know you can make those things work. You, you, you got enough depth there. 
hopefully two lose on the inside with a new coaching staff. It feels like that's, that's almost a given that nobody, I don't think anybody else is going to look at Tulu Griffin and say, we got to have him on the outside. They're, they're going to look at him and say, we got to put him on the slot and find ways to get him the ball. I think you're that's probably going to see a lot of jet sweeps, a lot yeah, of bubbles, option. a lot of, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The other guy, obviously, is Dylan Johnson, and that's been sort of a touchy subject. A lot of MSU fans, you know, remember how he went out. I, I, I personally, I mean, a twenty-year-old got was emotional. He was upset, and he made a mistake. He has deleted the tweet. Obviously, he came out after Leach passed away and, and talked about how sad he was and how he didn't want it to be like that. This is a little more, you and, know, and let's not. I mean, and I'm, I'm not going to speak ill of Leach, but let's not let. No, him off the hook either. I mean, we, that we was talked not about it. We talked about it to anybody ago. correctly, right? Everybody looked bad in that situation. Now there's yeah. some talk that he might be on the way back as, as well. I feel like if they, if that's one of those things where they say, "Do we want him back?" The team would vote 100 percent to bring him back. If you get him and Xavion back, that's basically everybody. The only one you you, you lost is Rara, who did end up heading to Georgia. You're locked and loaded for next year if you can get everybody back in the boat like that. I think that, and he talked about Zach Arnett and setting a, a, a foundation and setting a culture for Dylan Johnson to want to come back to me says something because he's got offers to go to decent programs. He could go still play in the SEC from what I've been told, but he wants the fact that, he, that there's a chance he wants to come back really speaks well of Zach Arnett to me. Yeah. And Dylan. Didn't really want to leave. That that was still a tough decision for him. That was something that he weighed back and forth a lot. It's just simply, you know, he just wanted to be in an offense that featured the running backs differently than how Mississippi State did. It's not really, you know, he's not getting the touches because the touches are there for both he and Jaquavius Marks, but both of those guys want to be used a little differently. They want to run the football. He was very frustrated with the fact that Mississippi State wasn't running the football more. And it wasn't just that he wasn't getting the football more. It was that Mississippi State was having success running the football one game and the next game. They get don't. away from it. He was yeah. basically a fan. He was basically he having He's, the same issues that you and I had every week. We're like, what are they doing? And that's the thing. That's, that's what people miss with Dylan Johnson. He is Mississippi State to the core. He's, a, he's, Mississippi, he's Mississippi blood. He's Mississippi State down to every bit of his fiber, every bit of his being. He is a guy that is fit for Mississippi State. So that was not easy. That And it's there's a reason why this is a conversation right now. Yeah. Um, that he wants to come back because he really does love it here. He loves his teammates. He loves Mississippi State. He would love nothing more to finish his career at Mississippi State. But it's gonna. there's going to have to be – I mean, there's still so much un, up in the air. Who are they going to hire as the offensive coordinator? What is the offense going to look like? There's got to be a lot of things that happen. I think Mississippi State will be okay no matter what. Mm-hmm. If the running back situation is in a good spot right now. Mm-hmm. But I'd, I'd much rather have 23 on my team than not. Yeah, I agree with you. So I, I think the rest of the – you know, Xavion will be back one way or the other, I think, pretty soon. John Dylan, probably – you're rather, probably right. He's probably going to wait and see what the, the offensive coordinator hire and what the staff looks like a little bit. But it seems like he wants to come back. Anybody else coming from the portal, I feel like that's going to be a wait-and-see kind of thing. You know, I think you, know, you, you read what Paul is saying before he went on vacation. He feels good about the kid from Western Kentucky, Gunner Britton, uh, coming in. State's going to try to find another receiver – uh, for sure, in the portal, they're going to continue to look for guys. They got to look for a kicker. The kid uh, Ryan Coe, they thought they were going to get, ended up going to North Carolina. That they'll be on the look for a kicker. But I think those decisions will be made after the bowl game and after some guys get hired. So we'll see how it goes. 
the overriding theme, the overriding point I want to make is this. If you were on the fence about Zach Arnett, if you're like, I don't know, you know, I feel like maybe they should have done a search or are they they did this too quickly, blah, blah, blah. You should feel a lot better after this past week because he showed you, I think he's ready for the big chair uh, at Mississippi State. And I think, you know, you should feel good about him running this program right this second. So we'll see. You know, it's obviously it's a process and you got to, we got games to play to see how he looks. But right now, week one was a good week for, for Zach Arnett. Well, we, we, talk, we talked about it whenever the topic came up about, you know, why it made sense for him to be the, the head coach and be named the head coach. Mm. I think this backed up exactly what we talked about, why he needed to be the guy. Mm. No, I agree. I agree 100%. All right, let's move on into the second half of the show. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council who want to remind you that beef, it is what's for dinner. If you hopefully, I, I saw a lot of people enjoying prime rib, enjoying whole tenderloins on Christmas Day. I hope that was you as well. I hope that Santa brought you the gift of beef for Christmas. And of course, anytime you want to fire up the grill, nothing beats the sizzle of beef. Steaks, great. Brisket, even better tri-tip picanhas. My cousin showed me a picture. He somebody cooked a whole picanha on the big green egg. I mean, it just doesn't get any better than that, guys. That's the holiday meal at its absolute finest. Beef. It's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends, the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. Right now, one of the best jobs to have is to be one of the cooks at Two Brothers by the smoker there. Nice and warm all the time. Don't have to worry about these cold temperatures that the rest of us are enjoying. They're probably wearing shorts in the kitchen there. Uh, sitting by that big, that big smoker. Plus, and they course, get to pull off some of the meat. You, you know, there's a little bit of that. Okay, that's a, that's a little taste test there. You know, you know, you I, know I Lee Battle the, did that all the time. I wonder what the <laughs> yield on smoked wings is. For every forty that go on the on the pit, how many make it off? Thirty five. What's the tax? Yeah, there's you know there's a cook's tax on those wings. So, if you're in Starkville and you want to enjoy some outstanding food, some smoked southern soul food, head to the Cotton District, head to Two Brothers Smoked Meats. They make it really easy for you over at Advantage Business Systems. They offer great products and great service, which everybody does. I know. I know they say they do anyway. But only Advantage Business Systems can tell you they've been doing it for 47 years. That's a long time. So when you need new technology for your business, you call Advantage Business Systems. And when you need service, you get to talk to the same people who made you the sale. You're not talking to somebody across the the way, across the state, across the country, across the world, trying to get this problem solved. You're talking to somebody just down the road from you. And that's the difference between being a neighbor and being a number. The number is 601-362-9192, or you can visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. Want to thank the Rogue. They uh, they're going to stick around with us for a little while longer. Just talked to them and got them renewed. They've had such a great response from you guys. You guys have have hit them up. You're buying those great pullovers and 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 and, and polos from the collegiate collection at the Rogue. And they were like, man, we got to we got to stick with Thunder and Lightning. So thank you guys for making that happen for me and Robbie. And of course, when you don't want to live the three stripe life, the Rogue is the place to go. Great-looking polos and quarter zips. Everything Dad wanted for Christmas. Hope you guys got some some of those great things under the tree this year. And there's going to continue to be new items, and they're all going to have the logos that you want, and they're all going to look and feel fantastic. Shop at the Rogue and Jackson. Shop at therogue.com. Don't live the three-stripe life. Shop at the Rogue. 
Well, Robbie, I don't think any of us thought Mississippi State was going to run the table and, and give 1976 uh, Indiana a run for their money. But they did suffer their first, first defeat of the season uh, against Drake uh, in the battle at the vault. I didn't subscribe to Baller TV, so I didn't get to watch it. Um, I saw your I – did, I did one game. I did that first – that women's game, and I was like, nah. You're – Although the that that one the men game I think Bart Heitch might have been on there or okay. something like it was actually like a presentation. There needs to be a bit. a better what's the word I'm looking for you know inquiry into some of these preseason tournaments or post or you know out of conference tournaments because like like you said with the women's game you're, they're they're not even really playing in a gym and they're playing right. it's it's it. it you're not doing your team any favors, I don't think, sending them down there to things like that. But regardless, so State takes its first L of the season, and now they'll enter conference play. Um, looking at their, the, you know, obviously the uh, as we're recording, uh, the uh, the we're a day away from the uh, the uh, AP top twenty-five. State was, I think, seventeenth or were they fifteenth? I think uh, that obviously uh, yeah. they, they will they will have dropped twenty-fifth in the most up-to-date rankings on the net. Uh, that's uh, the through December the twenty third. That's there's nothing wrong with that. That that loss. Uh, where did it pile up? It's a quad two loss. So nothing wrong with that. Uh, a loss. Still a good team. That's a good team too. That's a good team. They'll end up winning some games. I'm not going to go so far as Ben Howland. I want. I don't know if that's an NC two way tournament team, but we'll see how it goes. These first two games for State are tough. I mean, there's no question about it. Again, you look at these net rankings. Alabama is eighth. Uh, Tennessee, where are the Vols? thought they would have been a little higher than that. Where are they? Oh, I'm sorry. I missed them because I was looking too low. They're third. So what is, what is State in the net right now? 23rd. Okay, so they dropped a little bit. They did drop. And, and you would expect with a loss, you know, that they're going to drop. But, but, you know, 23rd going into conference play, I think everybody – your net's probably going to go that. up this week, regardless of whether you win or lose. Yeah, I mean, because you're playing two top ten net teams. So if State could somehow get a split, if they could find a way to win one of these two games, I mean, now you're all of a sudden you're right back in the top fifteen with net. You know, at the at the start of the new year, that would be huge for Mississippi State uh, to be able to do that. So big games coming up for the Bulldogs and and Chris Jans, but. You have to compliment them on the way they got through this 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 early going, uh, and have set them so many times with Ben Howland. And honestly, you can go back to some Rick Stansberry stuff too, and you know this as well as anybody that they would consistently lose non conference games. They had no business losing, and that's why you would get to March, and you would you know you're oh gosh, you know they sh- they should be safely in, but they're not. And it's because they gave away games in, in December and November, and it, it, it hurt them in March. This team, maybe they won't be great in the conference. Maybe the lack of offense is going to come back to them, and it won't make a difference when we get to March. But if we get to March and it's close, State's done enough now that they haven't hurt themselves, they've helped themselves. And that is a tremendous difference in year one for Chris Jansen. And that's why right now, that guy, I, I got zero complaints about what I'm seeing from Mississippi State from a basketball perspective. Yeah, going into conference play, if you know, say you know, somebody would have said, "We'll give you what? Is, what is it? Thirteen games that they played non-conference? Twelve? 
Uh, let me double check. I'm pretty sure it's 12. So they play 13. They have the one coming up with uh, TCU in a few weeks. Okay. So, you know, say they said that <clears throat> you're going to be 10 and three in non conference play. Would have taken it. Everybody would have taken that. Yeah. You were playing with house money in that Drake game. And you should have won they that. They played game. 12 games, you, you, Robbie. They're, they're 11 and one. Okay. You should have won that game. You had position, you were in position to win that game, and you yeah. should have should have won it. Yeah. But you you could have said that you should have lost a couple of other games. The fact that you won those games, it gave you some leeway in that ball game against a good Drake team that's in a, on a neutral site that, you know, we've we've seen enough upsets in college basketball this year with really bad teams beating good teams or mediocre teams. This was not anything to really cry about. Mississippi State's in great shape. They're in better shape than anybody would have imagined they would be in coming in conference play. Mm-hmm. Now, you just have to find wins here in conference play. You're not looking at any game, looking to go, you know, to have some style points. It would be nice to win by 10-plus because that's kind of the metric that they use in the net now. But you are just win- You just need to stack wins. you got to find wins somewhere. You got to beat Carolina twice. You can't lose either one of those ball games. Right. You got to find a win against. You got to beat Ole Miss. You got to beat them twice. These games, games against really bad teams. You got to win. Or bad teams. You need to win those games, and then you need to find a win somewhere against a good team. If Mississippi State is is uh, eight and is it eight and uh, ten? Eight and ten. Would that be? They're in that's, at eight and ten. That, that's probably going to get you in. So Nine wins. You feel safe safely in there. So, real quick, looking ahead here, TCU State's one remaining non-conference game is 62 in the net. Then in the SEC, these are the the net rankings for everybody. Tennessee, 3, Alabama, 8, Arkansas, 10, Mississippi State's 25, Auburn is 29, Kentucky is 31. Missouri is actually 40th right now in net. Now, I think they have played a pretty weak schedule, but they did beat Illinois uh, just the other night. So, maybe they're a better team and, you know, if, that probably again, got him a good bump. Well, it, not only, again, Robbie, if they're going to be in the mid-40s, 50s, you can split with them and still be okay. It doesn't tank you. Um, yeah. Then there's a drop. Florida's at 64. LSU, even 11-1, and one, LSU is 81. LSU has played nobody. Of their 11 wins, nine of them are uh, against quad four teams. Ole Miss is 9-3. and three. Uh, Texas A&M is against bad teams. I'm sorry, they're eight and four. They're 93 is what I meant to say. Um, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, Texas A&M is 111. Georgia is 136. Vanderbilt's 144, and then South Carolina. Good lord, 272. And you, yeah, you got you have twice. to win both of those. You got to beat them twice. No question about. You it. beat them twice, and you win both by 10 plus. So just but look the- at the conference, Robbie. If you can beat South Carolina twice. You play Vanderbilt, you should be able to beat them. That's three. You play Georgia, you got to beat them. That's four. You play AM, got to beat them. That's five. I think you got to beat Ole Miss twice. Mm-hmm. So now, now I'm at seven, right? I just got to win one more, Robbie, to get to eight and 10 if I do that. Yeah. I just got to win one more of the, what, one Tennessee, two Alabama. I think it's one Arkansas, uh, one Auburn, one Kentucky, two with Missouri. One with Florida and one with LSU. And the thing is, like, if you if, do that, if, it's doable. If this team gets in the NCAA tournament, I, I think this is going to be a run of tournaments. Well, because yeah, I he's agree about with that. he's he's about to bring in some 
talented offensive players. Yes. Like guys that they don't have on the roster right now, like Trey Ford. Mm-hmm. He's about to bring in some guys that can actually score the basketball pretty well. Yeah. And I think he, he probably – you're probably going to have to to utilize Keyshawn Murphy, guys like that a little more. And they'll they'll be a little better when they get uh, Shaq more healthy because he does have the ability to score. Mm-hmm. You just need guys in there that have the ability to, to score some points offensively. Um, and that's something they've been missing. But – when he does get some offensive pieces, this is going to be a very dangerous program. I agree. Because the defense is going to keep them in every game, I think. I think yeah. they can I think they can compete with everybody that plays. It's just are they going to have enough offense to pull it off is really going to be the, the question. Yeah. Well, I I had not broken down the schedule in that way. That that gives me some confidence that they can do this. Now very attainable. It's it's attainable. You can't you can't slip up where you know because if you slip up, you're playing. You're going to have to get a win against a really good team. But well, and that, that's kind of the concern because they they haven't played very well the last three games. Right. Struggled against Jackson State. Struggled against Nichols. Struggled against uh, Drake offensively, and they haven't been great offensively against yeah. any team right. really this year. But but they've been good defensively. And the other thing to consider is this: if they do get a win against one of those top teams. I mean, at that point, you're cruising. Playing for seeding. Yeah, yeah, at that point. So, I mean, right now, the last bracketology I saw had them as a seven seed. So, I mean, you've got wiggle room. You've got a lot of wiggle room. And one last thing to consider, I saw that MSU tweeted only 1,500 tickets remaining uh, for the game on Wednesday. You said that you thought this would be a surprisingly good crowd. Uh, I'm interested now, very very interested now to see uh, how many people are at the hump on Wednesday. Just got to get, you know, some of those like corporate tickets that are already accounted for. You got to get those people in seats. Got to get, got to get some people in there. I mean, I, I hate this, this first part of the schedule for the men and the women. Yeah. It's really bad. What, like that game and then the women almost being on New Year's Day. On New Year's Day. And that's terrible. Yeah. That is terrible. And that's not Mississippi State's fault. That's the Southeastern Conference. But uh, and that does nothing for you, especially in women's basketball when it's already hard to get people to games. Yeah. You know that's going to be a good ticket, yeah. State and Ole Miss. To put that on New Year's Day just makes no sense to me. I don't get it, but it is what it is. But and it's like the Alabama game, you know, that which you couldn't have predicted that would be um, a, a game that would be between two top 25 teams. But um, I'm very interested to see how State comes out in the ball game. I don't think – you know, Alabama is kind of one of those like they they want to get in a shootout with you, like that. You know, th- th- they can give up some points. So I, I'm ready to see what State does defensively to kind of disrupt what they do. Yeah, that's good. That's an interesting year, they, matchup. Last year they did a good job. Yeah. in that game at State, and um, so that'll that'll be interesting to see what State's able to do this year and see how MSU comes out. All right, we'll have a look at it. And we'll talk about it more later uh, this week. You know, with again Wednesday tip off. So I guess we'll talk about it more uh, on the on, on Tuesday when we're doing the rumblings. But we need to talk a little bit of Bama basketball, Mississippi State Bama basketball on that show as well. All right, guys, glad to be back with you. Hope you had a great Christmas. We're back this week. Uh, I'll be back on Sports Talk Mississippi as well. Uh, so plenty to talk about bowl season, uh, recruiting. We'll catch up a little bit of that basketball. Just it's, it's just a great time of year. And I'm glad to be back with you. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi.
Talk Mississippi Media Production.